Welcome to another episode of the JMBRA Boxing Podcast here in the Cult of Ramble Ranch, here in the Rambling Game, man. Damn it. They someone, <laughs> fucking, someone changed the sign in a Rambling Game, man. <laughs> I am your host, Whiskey J. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Jaime Munguia, Gabe Rosado. We're going to give you our review of the fight. We, it's on Monday. It's Thursday, but you're still getting a review. We're going to talk about Canelo Alvarez. How great is he? Well, in my opinion, not that great, but for you guys, he's great. And we're going to talk about this weekend's fight in Las Vegas. Terrence Bud Crawford defending his WBO belt, top-ranked belt. Let me rephrase that. Top-ranked belt against Sean Showtime Porter. But again, ladies and gentlemen, I don't do this by myself. I do have a co-host. Ladies and gentlemen, if you saw a DM from him, no, he didn't buy a Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> and don't take any advice about Bitcoin. B-Ray in the motherfucking house. B-Ray? I was What up, what up, man? What up? It's all beer, right? Nothing much, nothing much. Rolling and st- styling and profiling. Yeah, styling and profiling, yeah. yeah. In your Honda? Uh, yeah, in my Honda, yeah. Totally, man, totally. Got it, cool. We'll totally. let you guys know why, okay? So don't yeah, worry about yeah, it. don't worry about that. All right, so how you been, bro? Good, man. Very good, you know? Interesting, <laughs> uh, you know, last weekend and then this, this week, you know? It's going to be another good one. This is my first time on the microphone since last week. Right? I haven't been on the microphone. It's I haven't been in this room. I haven't been in the studio. I've taken the time. The gay off. man. <laughs> How the gay fuck man? did she change that shit? I'm gonna have to hide the. I'm gonna have to hide the sign. <laughs> gay man. Ah, lovely Miss Kitty, always making a presence here in the in the right. gay men studios. I, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but no, it's been a it's been a hectic week for us. Oh, last man. week and uh, this week, we're just decompressing from the long, stressful week we had, and. I feel good. I actually feel good. I'm, I I was looking forward to this episode. Yeah. Um. We didn't do the Monday review because I wasn't. You know. Again, I I was like still decompressing from the long week and the weekend we had, and um. I didn't want to do a Monday review because I go yeah. well look. The weekend was kind of rough. Yeah, it was rough, and then I go why are we gonna do a whole episode dedicated to Hamid Gia Gabe Rosado? Instead, let's give him a good lengthy episode where we do the mm-hmm. breakdown of this past Saturday Saturday yeah. night's fight. And preview this weekend's fight. I thought that'd be a good double header. Mm-hmm. You know, why give you one main event when we can give you two main two. events? There you go. <laughs> so you'll get a review about that. But um, so I mean, should we start there? Should we start in the boxing news? Where, where do you want to go here? Brian? Um, I mean, we can. I mean, some part of me goes, you know, about last Saturday's fight because well, it, it, it just, I mean, it happened, right? So I say maybe start with that if you like, or right. we just go with some news if you want to get out of the way. Well, some of the news is going to be related to a lot of the stuff after this, the kind of the, the aftermath, aftermath of this fight. So um, let's get into it then. Last Saturday night in uh, the Honda Center, 
where the Mighty Ducks play, the Anaheim Pond, Anaheim Pond, yeah. the Anaheim Pond, I'm sorry, Pond, yeah. aka Honda Center. The Honda Center. Jaime Munguia, the former WBO 154-pound champion and currently the WBO Intercontinental Middleweight Champion, defended his belt against Journeyman, former uh, co-star in Creed, Gabe Rosado. Yep. Um, I thought this fight was not going to go the distance. Right. We both thought we that. We both it, thought that. We was not going to go to the, the it distance. It wasn't going to go the distance. We thought Gabe Rosado was good, but not, not enough to... His face wasn't going to hold up to the punishment. Well... It went the full 12. Yeah. Zilbire, I'll throw it to you because you've seen the fight, I think, twice? No, once. once? Okay, I've seen once it already. Right. Well, I'll go to you because uh, you you kind of gave your reason why, but I want to I want to hear your breakdown of the fight, what you thought about it, because you saw it like literally the day after what happened. Or no, the day of. The, the, the day of, well, technically man. When we come back from the tacos, it's actually the next Basically, day. Basically, so the next day. <laughs> the next day. The next day. I just couldn't wait, exactly. So I just couldn't wait. I had to watch that fight, and... First off, by saying to me, I, I think it delivered. I think that it gave us a good action-packed fight. So I was pretty satisfied. By, by the end of the 12th run, I said, I saw a good fucking fight. Mm-hmm. So I, I loved it. But well, I do also want to mention, too, because you mentioned kind of like right when we said that Gabriel's on his face wouldn't hold up. I kind of felt it did kind of hold up a bit. I, I don't think I saw any blood. I thought I did, but not. But... To me, I felt that Munguia's shots was a bit harder than Gabe Rosado. Rosado, he had his moments, man. He landed some good clean shots on Jaime Munguia. So I'm not taking nothing from Gabe Rosado because I'm not surprised by that, by the way. I knew he was going to come in with, with a lot of heart. So he landed some good shots. But that night, I think Munguia showed that what we I mean, we talked about. He's a younger, stronger fighter. And I think the right man won. For that that night, I think Munguia definitely won that fight. Um, should, it was, should it have been that wide of a margin? No, part of me felt like no, it should have not been that wide because Chris Maddox had it pretty wide. I think he only gave Gabriel out of two rounds. Okay. I, if I remember seeing. You mean Chris, I don't know shit about boxing, Maddox? Yes, that guy. <laughs> I just want to clarify to the fans. I, I think if fans. I remember, he gave him two rounds. And in my opinion, I think that Gabe Rosado won maybe at least another two rounds, I want to say. Right? So, that's what I thought about the fight. Good action-packed fight. I think everyone was satisfied by it, really. Um, Bungia showed again that... You know that he, you know he he wants to, he wants to be one of the best, and I think it's time already. After this fight, it is fucking time. No holding back. Can I say this right now? Go ahead. Before we even start, before you started doing your review right now, this fight. Yeah. yeah. I said I introduced Jaime Munguia as former world champion at former. 150 worth. Yes, you did. Worth, 154. 54. Pounds. You just sat here and said, "This is the time where he needs to step up and fight the best." He needs to already. Uh-huh. Isn't it sad that we're calling him a former world champion? Right. And, and you just sat here and said that. Exactly. I want you to, I want you to think about what you just said. Yeah. And then no, and I want the fans to realize this guy's a former world champion. I get it. He's 25, 23, 25 years old. Yeah. Still coming up. But at this stage, your learning curve should already be above this. Mm-hmm. Um, I like your thoughts. I agree with you. I think uh Gabriel Zotto did great. I think his face mm-hmm. his face held up. It did. To the to the assault, mm-hmm. I feel that Gabe uh, Gabe Rosado won four rounds. I'll flat out say it. Chris Maddox don't know shit. <laughs> Gabe Rosado won four rounds. He could have won more, but Gabe Rosado is kind of the guy that you kind of forget. Like he hit you with he he catch Mungia with a good punch, but then Mungia would just steal the round with those assaults. 
mm-hmm. you know, those like those flurries of just, you know, power punching. Yeah. Like he's a Mexican tank. He was hitting you with artillery, like fucking um, missiles, like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Like each shot, you heard the thud on it. I can imagine being there at the Honda Center, you heard it even more. But on, when you're watching it on TV, you heard the thuds of those punches. Yeah. Munguia did a great job. I think the what ended up making the difference of the fight was the power punching of Jaime Munguia. Munguia being younger, 10 years younger. Yeah. I think if this fight would have happened when uh, Gabe Rosado was young, I think this fight would have been even more imp- more entertaining. Would have been a little think, different. And uh-huh. I think Gabe would have got the nod for this fight. Um, I don't agree with Gabe Rosado thinking he won. Like, look, you won four <laughs> rounds. I agree. I could see his point. I think he thought I won a couple rounds where I landed the cleaner punch, but it, you landed... And then the rest of the round, you're just trying to set traps, and Mugia's yeah. just pressuring you, yep. and then throwing these body punches to the, and then throwing punches to the head, and then those punches are moving you. Mm-hmm. So the tail of the fight is now no longer that one right hand that you landed on Mugia. The round is now Mugia applying the pressure and moving you with every punch he lands mm-hmm. on you. That's what won Mugia those rounds. It wasn't. Gabe Rosado's one punch that he landed, and then the next Gabe is just circling around the ring trying to set traps for yeah. this young kid. Um, like I said, all props to Jaime Munguia, but the only thing I'm going to say bad about Jaime Munguia's performance, that performance, the whole thing, the man's a former world champion. Mm-hmm. We need to sit here and put these fighters at, at a standard. Bro, you just said it's time for him to step up. He should step up. But let's be honest, he's not. Their golden boy is still in the Munguia business. You can tell they, that after Canelo left, they're looking for another Mexican star. Jaime Munguia is starting to gain her, some, starting to build the momentum here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And a fan base for him is starting to build up for him as the next Mexican star. As I think people are starting to realize that Canelo is starting to be in the twilight of his career, as we'll speak about later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you need a new Mexican star. Jaime Munguia is that guy. You don't put Jaime Munguia against a... Demetrius Bubo Andrade, who's fighting this Saturday, tomorrow. Yeah. You don't put him against or that. Or Charlo. Or Charlo. But at the same time, people treat him like he's still a prospect. But I repeat, the man is a former world champion. Mm-hmm. Like, when people I hear talk about, like, you know, like, I was impressed. Like, no, 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 like, no fucking around. I was really impressed yeah. with Jaime Munguia. I think uh, under um, Eric Morales' um, tutelage, He's improved. Mm-hmm. He has improved. We saw the improvements he's made in the ring, the head movements, you know, the 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 combination punching. He's a little bit more smarter with his punches than before. He, you're starting to see him uh, start uh, getting better. But mm-hmm. at this stage, at the elite level, you can't afford to start learning this crap and fight the best. Mm-hmm. You're 25 years old. Technically, he should already be you know, in intermediate school going into graduate school at this moment. But because mm-hmm. we're pushing him to be the best, we're pushing him to be the next face of boxing, we're okay with this. And then you, I, I just read, well, you know, he has time to learn. Well, no, no, you don't have time to learn because you're a former world champion and you're challenging <laughs> for the championships. Mm-hmm. The fact that we could sit here and still talk about, oh, you know, he's improving. Mm-hmm. He's a former world champion. How is there, you don't have, you have room to improve, but we weren't just impressed about the little sudden head movements and mm-hmm. the, and the combination punching. Well, no shit. He's supposed to be doing that because he's a former world champion. Don't forget about mm-hmm. that. He's not a prospect. He's not a fighter on the rise. He's not the next great star. He is a former world champion who at this moment should be fighting the elite. 
Gabe Rosado is not the elite, but Gabe Rosado is kind of the the measuring stick of how he'll do against the elite. Yeah. He did a great job. He won the fucking fight. But if you put him against Charlo, Charlo pieces him up. You put him against Andre, Andre exposes him. You put him against Triple G. I'm sorry. At this stage, Triple G fights at the end of this year. Triple G still has enough to put this kid away. You can't put him in there. So what do you do with this kid? Protect him. You give him, what, another Gabe Rosado? <laughs> you Gabe give Rosado, him, what, a... Spike O'Sullivan. Another Spike O'Sullivan type fighter? Yeah. Like, what do you give him? Because you can't give him these guys in the division mm-hmm. right now. You can't. I, you know, as much as I gave him props right now for sure, I saw the improvement. I saw what Eric Morales is doing with him. I'm sorry. If, if Jaime Mungi were to fight Jaime, uh, Jamal Charlo or Jamel, they'll mm-hmm. piece him up. Yeah. If he fights the Demetrius Bubo Andrade, he'll piece him up. There, everybody in the middleweight division in the top five would piece Mungia up. The only thing that gives Mungia the edge is the power. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that Mungia gets gets on him is the power. He has great stamina. He put up twelve rounds, but other than that, the kid has nothing else. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anything else to go. And I think against the top five middleweights, he's done. Shit. So where else do you put him in? You know who do you put him against? You know I could probably see a. A Chris Eubank Jr. That's mm-hmm. another guy that really is. He's kind of rough on the edges, but he's not really a boxer. Yeah. He kind of depends on his hand speed and power. Not really, doesn't have the finesse to actually give Mungia problems. Mm-hmm. That'd be a great slobber knocker. David Lemieux. But right now, David Lemieux is at 168 mm-hmm. and now being looked at as a possible um, possible fight for David Benavides, who just fought this past he weekend, fought, yep. to become the number one contender for Canelo Alvarez's WBC super middleweight mm-hmm. belt. But those are the type of fights I think he should fight. A, a Chris uh, a Chris Eubank Jr., a Dave Lemieux, mm-hmm. something like that. Former world champions. If you're if you're still rising him up and put him against guys that he's going to look good against, if yeah. you're still going to be in the Mugia business. But if they ever decide to put him, put him against Charlo, Triple G, or uh, or Demetrius Andre, you can tell that Golden Boy is checking out of the Jaime Mugia business. Fuck. That's my opinion. And I'm going to look up the middleweight division. Yeah, yeah. Give me a sec, but I mean, you know. any more you want to talk? Any more you want to say on this? Well, I mean, it's and the reason I want to see that is because I mean, I mean, how can you go from uh, Gabe Rosado, right? Again, not you know, not an elite fighter, but someone pretty decent to someone who is really not well known and he's not really well established fighter. Like that's to me what I'm I'm saying. I don't want to see that. Like I, at least, like you said, okay, maybe at least another similar like. Gabe Rosado, or someone in the top five, maybe top ten. So I saw right now. So it says Jamal Charlo number one, Triple G at number two, Demetrius Andre number three, uh, Toyota Morota or Rayota Morota number four, Jaime Munguia is at number five. He's in the top five. Top five. Sergey Davidchenko's at number six. Chris Eubanks is at number seven. Uh, Zanabik Alim Kunka, I can't pronounce it right, is number eight. Uh, Lara is number nine, and Esquiva Falco is number ten. I can see Laura. Laura, I don't think Laura. Ha- Laura has the legs, but they might give it to Laura. You're right. Yep. Laura's a good fight. Yeah. I think Laura's a good fight. I don't think Laura's a natural middleweight. No. He ha- um, he hasn't really shown a great performance. Not really. And you know he doesn't yeah. look like he likes to play. He likes the pressure. We mm-hmm. saw that in his last couple fights before he moved up to middleweight. Look what happened with uh, uh, Gerald Hurd. Yeah, Jared Hurd was just a straight. Put him against Gerald Hurd. There you go. That's a good one. Shit. Holy Gerald shit! Hurd. Forgot about him. <laughs> Put him against Gerald Hurd. Hurd ain't doing shit right now. No, no, he's not, actually. Put him against Hurd. 
That's a great fight. That's a good Both one. come forward fighters. Mm-hmm. Neither guy want to take a step back. That's a former. Put him against former world champions. Put him against former world champions. Yeah. Laura Flores, I think the WB, the WBA uh, regular or super. I forgot what the fuck he is. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he has one of those too. Yeah, the super or the regular. Ugh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, put him against that. Yeah, he's not too. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Yeah, I would do. Uh, that's what I would do with Jaime Munguia. But other than that, I don't see him. I know people are talking about, oh, you know, Canelo. No, what? No. <laughs> Wait, what? No. Canelo would ruin this kid. He would ruin that kid. Canelo would ruin this kid. He would set back Mexican boxing ten years because there would be no other Mexican fighter coming up right now. Munguia is the guy. Kind of like when he put Vargas in with Trinidad, man. Come on, don't do that. Yeah, it's almost like you're putting him too early. Yeah, <laughs> right. Munguia still got time. He's 25. He still got right? time. He's 25. But yeah. at this stage, at this level, you're fighting. You don't. We the comment shouldn't be. Oh, you're seeing improvement. Oh, you know, he's still evolving as a fighter. No, that's the type of comments you make for a guy that's coming up in the ranks, mm-hmm. not a guy that's a former world champ in the top five in the fucking division. Uh-huh. That's, that's the true. Thing. That's, that's what I look true, at. If you think about and that's that. what I wanted yeah. to say on Monday, but, you know, I didn't want to feel like doing it, but I had time to think about it. I had time to watch the fight. And I came to that conclusion that he did great, looked mm-hmm. great, got the win, but I just don't like the praise he's getting as almost like, oh, well, you know, he did great. Well, no shit, he's supposed to do great. You know, if he's at this level, he's supposed to he's do supposed great. He's supposed to. He's supposed to. He's supposed to do great. And mm-hmm. he's supposed to be fighting tougher opposition after this. Yeah. Not take a step back. But like I said, to me, I'll say it one more time. If he decides to move on, guys like Laura, Chris Eubank, and I can even say Dervichenko or, or Gerald Hurd. As Dervich- a- Dervichenko is a good one, too. I like that one. Especially if, if you look at the zone and they're trying to build this Munguia, the Triple G fight. Give him Dervichenko. Mm-hmm. See what he does with Dervichenko. Does he do better than Triple G? Does he do better with Charlo? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Does he do better? I would say do that. That would be the great. That would be the next big fight for him. That would be I, a, good, a good next fight for him, yeah. That would be great. And you'll see what he can improve, how much. And I think if he gets through Dervichenko and a fast, at a, a more impressive pace than, Char, than Charlo and a more convincing fashion than Triple G, I think that maybe all the, all the criticism... You know, will be forgiven. Yeah. From. Mm-hmm. No, that'll be a good next fight. I I hope that's the next one, but well, you know, time will tell. Really. No, oh, yeah, time will tell, mm-hmm. and we'll be fucking reporting about it. <laughs> so let me check the next topic list we have here, and we go to the boxing page. Don't forget to follow the JMB or Boxing on Instagram. All right, B Ray. It says that uh, this is for Michael Benson that Bob Arum has declared that he will try to make Tyson Fury versus Dylan White as a voluntary defense. At March at Cardiff Principal Stadium, Principality Stadium, hmm. if Usyk is not an option, we're gonna sit down with White's people and see if we can work out a deal. Now this is coming after the WBC announced that they will not enforce Dylan White's mandatory, will not enforce Dylan White as a mandatory because Dylan White is suing the WBC over some bullcrap. Not bullcrap. It's unjustified. For three fucking years, Dylan White has had to step aside. For Deontay Wilder to defend his belts against uh, Luis Ortiz twice, yep. the Dominic Brazil, and Tyson Fury. Yeah, yeah that's very Dylan true. White has had to sit back as he has been the number one contender for the belt for the last two and a half years, maybe three years. Mm-hmm. So Dylan White got a legal team and decided to sue the WBC for not enforcing this fucking sanctioning stuff. So because of that, Dylan White is not is not the number one contender until until the arbitration is fully resolved, so they they can uh, they cannot force Tyson Fury to fight Dylan White. 
So in return, the Bob Arum says, well, I think we can get through the through this red tape and get Tyson Fury, Dylan White done in Cardiff Principality Stadium. What's your thoughts? Well, I kind of laugh about, like, oh, if Usyk's not an option, I'm like, well, he actually has no fucking option. <laughs> He's tied out already. So that made me laugh right there. My thing is, do they know something we don't? Because this is the second time that they've made they it. Made something like that, right? They've made it known like, well, you know, if Usyk's not available, mm-hmm. why would Usyk not be available? Exactly. Isn't he negotiating, apparently, too, with, with Anthony Joshua, the rematch? Unless because Anthony be- Joshua's looking for a new trainer and he's going to wait for the trainer's advice to be like, look, look, kid, I think we should we shouldn't step into a rematch right away. Let's mm-hmm. let's get a let's get a fight on the rebels first and then get the fucking mm-hmm. match. I don't know. That might be. This is the second, maybe third time we've read mm-hmm. if Usyk is not an option. But we know he's tied to a rematch, mandatory rematch with yeah. Joshua for the belt. That's why. Yeah. So why would he not be mm-hmm. for sure? He's not an option. That's a complete obvious. Yeah. He's not an option. But why is Bob Arum? Uh, Tyson Fury's dad, and I forget what other person say if Usyk is not an option. Like it's obvious he's not. He's not. Yeah, he's not. Available. Is there something that these guys know behind closed closed doors? And then why aren't reporters asking these questions? Like, what do you guys know that we don't? Because mm-hmm. as far as we know, this fight should be happening around like June. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out. We'll, we'll find, find out. out. <laughs> Give me a sec. This is some bullshit. But yeah, no. What what that fight? Of course, that'll be a nice, stay busy fight for Fury. Because for sure, after that fight, he has to fight the winner of Usyk versus Joshua. I mean, unless you know Joshua wins, I'm pretty sure there'll be a fucking rematch. Then again, Fury has to fight another fucking you know fight. Well, I think the rematch is only for Joshua. I don't think it's for Usyk. I don't think Usyk. Oh wow! It's same thing with happened with Andy Ruiz. Like I get the rematch, you don't get the rematch. It's kind of like the same bullcrap that Canelo tried to pull with Caleb Plant. Caleb like, Plant, yeah. You don't get a rematch. I get a rematch. Yeah. And if I beat you, you can go back to the line. Is mm-hmm. instead of filling the trilogy out. Yeah. Back in line. All right, continuing the heavyweight news. It's been reported that Luis King Kong Ortiz will face Charles Martin and um reportedly both have agreed to fight on July for on January first, New Year's Day in Florida. Both are um well Charles a former WB uh, IBF heavyweight champion mm-hmm. and Luis Ortiz is a former two time title challenger. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that fight between Luis Ortiz and Charles Martin? I think it's a good fight for them to come. This is probably the first fight that Luis Ortiz has had maybe I could be wrong since the 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 defeat against Wilder. I could be wrong. I I've never heard I, I I've never heard of him come back again after that loss. And I haven't seen Charles Martins in probably the fight uh, on the undercard of Mikey Garcia Earl Spence. Oh shit! Look at that. So both guys are coming off long layoffs. Long layoffs. I think Luis Ortiz. There's, there's no advantage there for neither man. Is is this more? Is this like even a re- like a relevant fight in the heavyweight division? Honestly, no. Is the Question here, is Luis Ortiz even a threat in the heavyweight division at this moment? To be honest with you, I'll be honest with you, no. I don't think so either. I don't I don't I don't see him the same threat when I saw first saw him what five, six, seven years ago. I think Luis Ortiz Luis Ortiz of of uh being the boogeyman of the division has come and gone. Yeah. It's, he's no longer that guy. Mm-hmm. Unless he's able to pull off a good fight here. Like, I mean, you know, some some guys, some fighters have like a final Final couple fights where they just look great. Yeah, yeah. Can he pull it off? I don't know, but I think Luis Ortiz. I think Luis Ortiz is a. He was too good for the division. Like mm-hmm. even guys like Joshua didn't want to have him. You know, I, I give credit for someone like Deontay Wilder who took the fight. Right. You know, a lot of people are gonna roll their eyes, but what do you mean Joshua didn't want to take him? Well, Luis Ortiz signed a three fight deal with Matchroom, mm-hmm. in which you know Luis Ortiz has been vocal about. He was promised a fight against Anthony Joshua. 
Well, the three fights that he had, he literally beat the crap out of all three matchroom fighters. Mm-hmm. He never got the fight. Wow, that's some bullshit. shit. Wow. He, then he signed to Premier Boxing Championship, took a couple fights, and then got the Wilder fight. Mm-hmm. And this is to me, which was Wilder's biggest fucking challenge, was this guy. Was the guy, yeah. And we saw what happened. He fought twice. Mm-hmm. And he's lost twice to this guy. You know? There's some fighters that just have your number. And, you know, Deontay Wilder has Luis Ortiz's mm-hmm. number. You know, same way that Tyson Fury has Deontay Wilder's number. Yep. To me, Luis Ortiz, Deontay Wilder can fight 10 times. 10 times Wilder's going to win that fight. Yeah. That's just the way it is. But I think Ortiz beats everyone out there. I think Luis, is, Luis Ortiz is good enough. Mm-hmm. He's big enough and he's mobile enough to fucking... Yeah. I would have loved to have seen a... I think in his prime, Luis Ortiz versus today's um, Tyson Fury. Yeah. I would that have would loved to really see that because the Luis Ortiz doesn't get the credit. Mm-hmm. He's a boxer. He knows how to box, but he knows how to throw bone. He knows how to throw mm-hmm. hands too. So I would have loved to have seen that fight. So me and, too. And then with Charles Barham, not never been really a big fan. He was kind of a, the, a guy who just held the belt. He was just a guy. <laughs> he was just a guy who held the belt and got offered a lot of money to go to the UK mm-hmm. to get knocked out by Anthony Joshua too. He basically is the he's basically the match that started the Anthony Joshua fuse, the rocket ship that blasted off from him. If it wow. wasn't for Charles Martin, Joshua would have not gotten a belt. He would have had to have waited. At that time, what? The IBF, the WBC. WBO. W, no, w, I forgot who held the WBA and the WBO belts. Mm-hmm. But two of the belts were on the Premier Boxing Championship. But Charles Martin took big money to go to the UK and fought Joshua, and we saw what Joshua did. Yeah. I think the WBO, the WBO and WBA were vacant. I think that's why he fought Klitschko for that belt. Oh, so that's what they were for, right? I, okay. I want to say, I want to say that. So I'm not too sure yet. Don't quote me on his name. Okay, gentlemen. no, because I know I'm pretty sure they fought for a vacant belt or belt. I want to say belt. Right. I know they were fighting one of the one of the vacant belts. Um, shit, we didn't talk about. We're talking about like fucking reviews and shit. Um, David Benavides won his fight. Mm-hmm. People were looking at him at this. They saw this as an audition to fight Canelo Alvarez. I saw the highlights. I didn't get a chance to watch the fight. He looked good. Is he a viable threat for Canelo Alvarez at 168 pounds? It's it's an interesting fight, but I kind of don't much see it very much. Not really. I don't either. I don't, I don't see, see it. No. I've said it before and I said it again. I don't see anybody 168 pounds giving this guy problems. No. I don't see it. I think he suffers the fate as you know Canelo's other opponents. I think so too. I think I think Canelo gets touched up in this fight, mm-hmm. or Canelo just shows a masterclass defensive right. performance in this fight. As I think Canelo Alvarez knows how to fight going backwards now. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, David Benavides is a constant pressure fighter, but when you're fighting a guy and the of the caliber of Canelo Alvarez, who mm-hmm. has shown to carry his power up to 168, even 175, yeah, I don't think you're gonna keep walking through punches for 12 rounds against Canelo Alvarez. So I, mm-hmm. I'd like to see that fight. I think Canelo gets, you know, hit. But I think Canelo Alvarez would probably put on a great, masterful performance. Again. I think so. <laughs> I think that what might that might happen if they get in the ring. Well, sticking in the Canelo news, mm-hmm. of course, I caught a lot of flack for not giving the not saying that Canelo Alvarez is one of the greatest Mexican fighters of all time. Yeah. You know, we read it. We saw it. I still stick to it. He's not one of the greatest Mexican fighters of all time. I don't agree with Eric Morales. I don't, I don't agree with the Marquez's comments about why. Yeah. I just think, like I said it, and I, was, I said it before and I say it again. It's like winning a gold medal in the Special Olympics. Is, is it really that <laughs> legit? 
It's like me going into Special Olympics and going there and competing with these people. It's 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 unfair. Yeah. yeah. And then for me to show off my Olympic gold medal, like, look, I'm a gold medalist. And people were like, well, you won it in Special Olympics. <laughs> this is what it is to me. Damn. It is not Canelo's fault that the and I'll say it again, it is not his fault the middleweight the the, the super middleweight division because mm-hmm. that's gonna be the response. It's messed up. Yeah. Not his fault. I'll say this though, I had time to think about it. But it was his fault that he didn't finish what he did at middleweight. I would have been more impressed if he did it at middleweight. He beat Triple G. I think people forgot about that. He beat Triple G. Yeah, which he did not. For yeah. the W for the WBC yeah. and the Ring magazine belt. Yeah. He then mm-hmm. took the IBF belt from uh, Danny Jacobs, and I think he took the I, no. He took the he took two belts from uh, Triple G. Which one was it? The WBC, the WBC, and I want to say the WBA. Okay, and Ring Magazine. Ring Magazine. There okay. we go. Then he took the IBF right from belt Jacobs. From Jacobs, he needed a one more belt, and he could have accomplished it. He could have become like all this talk about. Oh, he was the best. He's the first ever. Yeah, and I and I give him full credit for it. But then again, I said it right now. It's like winning the it's like winning a gold medal in the Special Olympics. Is it really that important now? <laughs> take away, take away everything. It was a weak division. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, nobody can sit here in in front of my face and say that Rocky Fielding, Callum Smith, Billy Joe Sanders, and Kayla Plant were fucking world beaters. You cannot <laughs> sit there and tell me that. But I, but I bet you you can sit here and tell me that Triple G was the most feared man in the middleweight division. Danny Jacobs was one of the second best middleweights yeah, in the he world. he was ranked number one or two. Fucking Dem- Demetrius Andre was the most avoided middleweight. That would have been a better accomplishment. And I think I would have sat here and uttered the words, he's the greatest. of The greatest Mexican fighter to do it. If he would have done what he was, set, what he was thinking about doing. But he for some it. reason, mm-hmm. he didn't pull the trigger and decided to jump another division and do what he did there. So I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna go through my rant again, but I think you got to look at it this way. He had an opportunity to be great. He chose not to and took the easy road and fought and fought in the middleweight and fought at super middleweight. Because I I doubt there's anybody in the world that can give me a a straight face and say that Billy Joe Sanders was a fucking world beater. <laughs> that Callum Smith was a world beater. You I doubt that. When in the middleweight division, to this day we all look at them. We all said. That during that time period, they were killers in that division. Oh, yeah. Danny Jacobs, Triple G, Demetrius Andre were all killers in the division. Canelo was in a division full of killers and A-list fighters at their best in their mm-hmm. prime. Now, that division, you're right, was That would have been well. more better mm-hmm. than what he accomplished at super middleweight. Again, that would have been like the icing on the cake. You won the middleweight belt. Mm-hmm. You beat Triple G. You beat Danny Jacobs. You just took the belt from Andre. You're the man. And then you could have gone to Super Midway and done what you have done. And then you could have been a double on the speed of champ. Instead, you're now, now, I'm, now instead I'm out here fighting, not I'm, fighting, I'm arguing with these people <laughs> because I don't want to give this man props. And they can't, again, they can't sit here and tell me that this guy is a world, all these fighters he beat are world beaters. You can't sit there. <laughs> you can't sit there. I'm sorry. So the reason I say this, because... You know, the WBC had their little convention. Yeah, they had their own convention. Yeah. Eddie Reynoso came out and said they would love to fight Bivol, Better Beev, Charlo, Benavides, and I think I forgot another name they mentioned. Yeah, they're name dropping. But uh-huh. we're thinking about fighting a cruiserweight. We're thinking of becoming the first ever Mexican fighter to win titles in five divisions. And I go, cruiserweight? 
I had I know and I know I said that Cruiserweight would probably be the next move for him if he wanted to be great. And I go, okay, great. But here's what here's my thing. Uh-huh. You got the Canelo fan base right now, like Canelo dick divers. <laughs> going around going, Canelo's chasing history. He's trying to outdo Floyd Mayweather becoming a five division world champ. Hey dummy, Floyd is a five division world champ. <laughs> I was about to say, if I remember, he is a five five time world champion. No, something, like, something like that, right? Yeah, fight somewhere. And here's the thing. Well, you know, he's gonna do something, you know, he's gonna tie with Floyd becoming a five division champ. Well, no, Manny Pack is an eight division world champ. What the fuck are you talking about? Kind of Oscar Delahoy is a six division world champ. Why are you comparing him to Floyd? Stop it. <laughs> they're, they're trying and then they're that. like, Well, he's gonna tie with you know, he's gonna he's gonna better his accomplishment. No, better his accomplishment would have done what Floyd did. Five division world champ. Yeah. Undefeated. undefeated. Name another fighter that's fun five divisions undefeated. <laughs> Canelo, are you? No, I'm sorry, you lost to Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. So all this comparison that oh he's gonna def- you know he's gonna be there and defeat Mayweather's record. Well, no, Mayweather's already a five division world champ, and the own, and the guy to beat in titles is Manny Pacquiao. Eight divisions. Eight division. <laughs> Why aren't you claiming eight? Yeah. 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 You know, so I'm, I, I thought I'd throw out there because I, I just saw mm-hmm. a bunch of these like, oh, he's he's chasing me with his record. What record? Undefeated on five divisions? He's already lost. <laughs> what, what's he chasing? I know. <laughs> what's the chase? <laughs> it, to me, I felt that this were just headlines to grab people's attention. I think but, that's what it was. Yeah. The cruiserweight. What are your thoughts of Canelo Alvarez fighting a cruiserweight? That is a division that you cannot go above 200. 200 is the max division. 200 is the max. Can, yeah. What's your thoughts about it's that? It's the max. I, I, it's still how I've, I've said it on the show before, man. It has not changed. I think it's a little, it's a bit too big for him. I think he's too small. I still think he's too small for that division. Did you see the, oh, you haven't seen it, but they're, they, they were in the W, they were in the convention. And they introduced both uh, Canelo and the WBC. WBC, champ. I saw that. And I did. You just saw the fucking. I'm trying to look at the guy's name right now. Yeah, I forgot his but name. You just saw that guy's like, like whoa. Yeah, he's huge. In in now in what is it? He, he's number he's the number four ranked fighter. Hold on, number yeah. four ranked fighter. He's the number four ranked. He's the number four ranked fighter. Uh, I think it's uh, Lunga Makuba. There you go. My my, my well, I'm sorry. M A K A B U. Makabu. Makabu. Yeah, that's Lunga the guy. Makabu. That's like a, the number four ranked cruiserweight. The number four number ranked four. cruiserweight. Yeah. Uh, again, I think that's a bit too small for him. So it, let's say if he does move to cruiserweight, um, you bet your ass a lot of eyes will are gonna be in that fight because, it, of course, the Canelo fan base, the Dick Divers. Oh, he's going yeah, to cruiserweight. Yeah, Cru- yeah, yeah. Bitch, you can't spell cruiserweight. <laughs> You didn't. Even, I bet you. The, I bet you the these fans they didn't even know there was a cruiserweight division. No, I'm pretty sure they did not. <laughs> I bet you they're like cruiserweight. Cru, cru, wait, this is is this the WWE belts they have the cruiserweight division? <laughs> no, no, that's that's actually a division in box. Wait, there's a crew, 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 crew. How do you spell that exactly? <laughs> You can't spell it, can you? There's, I bet you there were, there were people that didn't even know that that was a division that existed. No, I bet they didn't. For only real boxing heads, when I heard this, I'm like, oh, okay. You're moving up. Mm-hmm. You're ch- and of course, you know, th- this is the thing. He's disguising it as, I'm chasing greatness. But we just pointed out, ch- fighting the number four ranked fighter in the world. Why not chase after the number one ranked fighter in the world? Mm-hmm. Recognized. Uni- Why don't you go against the guy that's universally recognized as the number one cruiserweight in the world? Why go after the number four ranked? 
You I, did it by going against Callum Smith, and and everyone gave him credit. Callum Smith was the number one ranked, the most, the universally recognized best super middleweight in the world. Why not go against that, B-Ray? It's, if I remember the fight against Kovalev, right? They were saying he's daring to be great and all that. And then Kovalev you, wasn't even the number one ranked there we like go. heavyweight. There we go. Exactly. There we go. When you, when, I remember when you brought that up about how like he's not ranked number one. Uh, we we did saw man we saw the response everyone saying well it's not I mean of course it's not very smart to go after the best guy wait what <laughs> I swear to you that's what they said and remember that look it up folks people were saying that well of course it's dumb to go after the best guy you know at that division but yet he's there to be great and that made no sense to me why because he's moving up yeah. Because he was moving up. Because he was moving up, so they felt like, well, that's not smart to go after the you know the top guy. Daring to be great when he fought Triple G. That yeah, was daring that was to, be to be great. You fought the guy. He was the number one guy you in the middle. You fought the guy. Yeah. That was daring to be great. Mm-hmm. But fighting this guy, no offense and no disrespect, he's a four, he's a world champion. Mm-hmm. But you're number four ranked, and the fact that if he beats him, they think he's a, he's they they want to label him the king. Yeah. And you can't do that. You can't. When you say, when you make comments going, well, you know, I'm different than Floyd. I don't pick my opponents. Well, no, you do. But you disguise it with their accomplishments. You know? Like I said again, I bet you if the, if the Caleb, Caleb Smith, Caleb Smith, Callum and Caleb, sorry, uh-huh. Callum and Caleb, Billy Joe didn't have any belts, people would be criticizing as cherry pick fights. But they disguised it as... He wants to become the first undisputed champion of division that's never had it. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> but no one cares that these were world beaters, right? No, no, no. no, no, no. Yeah, I'm going to be there to be great. I'm going to fight the number five ranked best light heavyweight <laughs> in the world because he has a recognizable name. Oh, my God, he's there to be great. <laughs> Even though Arthur better be, was out there knocking fuckers out. Yes. See, and now he's daring to be great to move to cruiserweight. Oh my god, he's fighting the number four ranked fighter. Oh, oh, yo, my god, he's gonna be great. <laughs> but he's considered the greatest fighter of all time. Yeah. How is that possible? How is that possible, B Ray? That you're considered the greatest fighter of all time. But if you strip away a lot of this crap, they would they would not put up with that with any other fighter. But this guy gets a fucking pass. And that's hard for me to it's hard for me to understand. How Canelo gets a pass for this kind of crap? But they'll sit here and write paragraphs about Floyd Mayweather was the biggest cherry picker in the last 30 years. But they're not saying this guy's a cherry picker. <laughs> I just pointed out that he avoided unifying, unbecoming undisputed at middleweight. Mm-hmm. When they were got, they were sharks in the water. He was out there fighting with the best of the best of the middleweight division. Universally recognized mm-hmm. fighters that were considered the best. Yeah. I'm sorry, Caleb's plant and Billy Joe Summer were not universally recognized no. as the best super middleweights in the world. Mm-hmm. They no. weren't. They weren't. Kovalev was not considered universally recognized mm-hmm. as one of the greatest light heavyweights in the world at that moment. At that moment, not anymore at the moment, huh? So you cannot sit here saying he's one of the greatest fighters of all time just on the sheer fact that he fought them. Again, it's like going to the Special Olympics and winning a gold medal. It defeats its purpose, right? It's not really a gold medal. It's not really a gold medal, No. It doesn't. What's it going to cruiserweight? Okay, what's next? Bridgerweight? <laughs> I think Bridgerweight is like 205. 205, I think. I think 205 is 210 is the limit. Mm-hmm. What? I To me, it would be like, okay, go to cruiserweight, fight the number one fighter in the world. 
That's, am that's I, there to be am great. I, am I giving them credit? No, but you're, at least you're you're trying to fight the best fighter in the division. Yeah. But you're fighting the number four ranked. Why? Apparently, the belts don't. You don't care about the sanctioning bodies. Why petition to fight this guy? Mm-hmm. Why petition to fight this guy? Why not say I want to fight the guy that everyone considers to be the best super the cruiserweight in the world? Am I going to give him credit for it? Slightly, slightly. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, that's another division that doesn't have anybody. Nobody. That is a division that that has produced two great fighters in the, in the last forty years. Shit. Yeah. Evander Holyfield, Alexander Usyk. Usyk. In the last forty years, it's produced two great champions yeah. that are now current. Current and former world heavyweight champions. Other than that, no. Like yeah. if Canelo was going up and fighting a guy like Usyk, like universally recognized, this is the man. Like if you stayed at cruiserweight, <laughs> if Usyk stayed at cruiserweight, then I'd say yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna put the what if crew. You know, he moves down. Yeah, That's yeah, not gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he fought a caliber fighter like that, that was universally recognized as one of the best, and I mean everyone knew like this guy's a league of his own. Yeah, I'd say yes. But n- name me one fighter in that division that's that is, a, is in his own league, but he's just squandering his talents in the cruiserweight division, waiting to move the heavyweight. Name me one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enough said. Enough said. Oh, Jesus, man, that's dumb. you know what? I I I, I can't. You know what, man? I, I, how can I fucking follow that? No, man. It's he spoke the truth, folks. He really did. You spoke the truth. No, you know what the, you know what kids don't say that? No, I'm I'm just hating. I'm I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm hating on Canelo. Even though I'm giving him credit, mm-hmm. but I'm not but I'm not out there sucking him up like every single one of you sheep. See, that's the problem right there, because since you're not sucking him up, to to them, they think you're fucking hating. To them, you know, they laugh at the at the fact you said you give him credit. To them, they probably think you're not giving credit at all, man. You're not saying you're not giving him that crown that he's the greatest of all time right now. He's not. You can't sit here and say he's the greatest saying. of all time. You can't sit here and say he's the greatest of all time. You can't. You just can't. I, I seriously would want someone to convince me how you thought Callum Smith, Rocky Field, and Caleb Plant, Billy Jusander were world beaters. Mm-hmm. That all one of them showed that they were a league of their own. Show me. Mm-hmm. Someone show me. Andre Ward proved he was in the league of his own. That's why he moved up to light heavyweight because there was nobody there to challenge mm-hmm. him. Nobody. Joe Kalzaki. Moved out because there was nobody there to def- to challenge him. Mm-hmm. When you have proven that you're in your league and your own, and you want to challenge yourself, you move to another division, and he did that. Yeah. Now Canelo's in the, Canelo's in a, in a situation where at super middleweight there's nobody, but light heavyweight there is. Universally recognized, Arthur Better Beaver is the guy. Ray, Eddie Reynoso has mentioned them. That should be the next guy. Why this cruiserweight thing? Why cruiser? You own one belt on the light heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Why not unify there? What is the big deal of moving to cruiserweight? What's the big deal about moving to cruiserweight? And you already and the, and the fact they're out there making comments. We don't handpick fighters. No, you just did by calling out the fucking champ. Shouldn't it be like we're thinking about moving to cruiserweight and left it a mystery until the until the lead up to the to the announcement mm-hmm. of the fight. Hey, this is who we're fighting. But you're out there in the media going, we don't pick fighters. You know, this is the era where we fight the best. Apparently not, because you're picking the number four ranked fighter in the world. Why? <laughs> Why? Why not pick the number one? Why not go? Why not go on box rig, ESPN, Fight News, fucking uh, what other uh, what other boxing, um, boxing websites and channels that have rankings and fight the guy that's universally recognized as the man in the division. Beat yeah. him, yeah, and beat him. That's it. Beat yeah. him. 
Mm-hmm. You're just looking for a trinket. You're just looking to to try to convince the fans enough to where 10 years from now, they're going to say, well, you know, he kind of was the greatest. He, he won five divisions. I don't know if I want to say that's kind of like the easy route, but it's, it's the easy route. It's, it sounds like the easy route. You're just winning belts just to win them now. Just, just, you can, to, you just to say, say, just to say that, like, oh, fight, fight time. <laughs> you know, I think that's what it feels like. You're kind you of doing the easy route. Can I remind me of the guy that didn't never liked to play marbles, but would go to the fucking ninety nine cent store to go buy marbles so he could say he had marbles. <laughs> but he never, but he never liked playing them. I want to collect marbles. Hey, let's play, dog. Nah, nah, I'm good. But they would go to the swap meeting store and buy marbles and have a collection of marbles. But he just collected them just to collect them. He didn't want, he didn't care for them. Yeah. He just collected them. He just collected them. And then he, 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 that wasn't the best. He didn't, he didn't play for them. A different analogy, but in the sense of like, you're just collecting belts then. Yeah. At this moment, you're trying to paint your leg, you're trying to paint your legacy for yourself instead of letting the fans and the, and the writers association give you the, the legacy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, looking now, moving, like sticking in the situation. Floyd Mayweather, he's been retired. As as time keeps going by and we're seeing we're, we're seeing this, people are starting to appreciate what Floyd was able to accomplish in the ring with these fighters. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you start shredding away all the stupid hate that people had for him. Best defensive fighter in the last 30 years. Yeah. Did he fight people in the in their prime? No, but neither did the other fighters either. Mm-hmm. But when they did fight each other... Neither guy, both guys were in the decline, and Floyd still proved himself to be great. Mm-hmm. You know the, yeah. but Floyd, but you don't hear Floyd putting himself. I know people go, well, he calls himself TBE. Yeah, but he's also explained why he calls himself TBE, the best ever to make money. Yep, he he, sucked, he he's made it known for he that. He suckered yeah. you for fifty fights. He, he, <laughs> he suckered you for fifty I fights. Think he's made it known for he's that. He's made exactly. it known. I'm not going to consider myself the best fighter in the world, but I'm one of the best to ever make the money and fucked and fucked the business in the ass. And not, yeah. not let the business fuck me. Yeah. That's the best ever. That's he's the best he's ever. always made that known. Mm-hmm. But like I said, Floyd has left the critics to put him to put him in his place where they want to put him at. Yeah. <clears throat> his fights will define him. Mm-hmm. Canelo Alvarez at this moment is trying to is trying to force himself into the conversation of becoming the one of the greatest Mexican fighters of all time. Mm-hmm. And the only let's be honest, the only reason cool is either Chavez is like liking you. Because he looks at his sons and he goes, well, this guy's a little bit better. <laughs> I do get that impression a lot. Yeah. And 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 I think, and, and that's the only reason. I think because Julio Cesar Chavez hugs him like his own son, everyone else is like, okay, everyone likes, everyone's approving it. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why. And a lot of people are saying, oh, look, he passed, you know, he pa- it's the passing of the torch. Trinidad never passed the torch to Cotto. Cotto took that shit. He actually did. Cotto forged his own legacy. Mm-hmm. What, what did Cotto say? Don't ever compare me to Felix Trinidad. I'm Cotto. Exactly. I'm not there to I'm not there to do what he did. I'm there to do I'm there to make my own legacy. Mm-hmm. Canelo is at this moment is building his own legacy on top of the fact that he wants to be considered the greatest Mexican fighter of all time. Yeah. But you're trying to build your legacy on that alone. Now, build your own shit. Make, you know, do your own thing. Why why try to become the greatest greatest Mexican fighter of all time? Build your own shit. But at this moment you're just collecting belts and you're winning special olympics. <laughs> And you're moving to cruiserweight, which is another weak division. Why don't you stay at light heavyweight? Fight better be it. Because that was interesting. Why do you, why are you skipping 175? But I think again, they it's almost like it's almost like they knew how his his fans, a lot of fans, right? They're gonna react. Oh shit! The idea. Oh my god. Okay, he's going up to 200 pounds. That's just enough right there, because they're bigger than him. And I know in boxing, anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, let's be honest. These guys are not picking, not making these fights without 
checking all the boxes, dotting all the I's and crossing the T's. Yeah. They're not doing that. No. They're not going like, I'm not blindly going, that guy. <laughs> like closing their eyes and going, we're picking that guy. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that. And if everyone to think that they are, come on, you're being mm-hmm. unrealistic with yourself. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, Canelo Alvarez just generated 800,000 buys. B-Ray, this, yeah. is, this is maybe what, maybe the third best pay-per-view numbers he's done since fighting Triple G. Yeah, I would say so. Because apparently he did a, a bit over over a million buys, I think. Fighting Triple G twice. Fighting Triple G twice. So this is his, best, his third best pay-per-view numbers. Mm-hmm. I would say so, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Pay-per-view still alive? I think, how do you put it? There's some life. There's some life left. <laughs> There's some life left. There's some life left in pay-per-views. Well, now when you're trying to go to Cruiserweight, I don't know about nah, that. Nah, I don't know about that. No. Well, I mean, I bet you the zone puts that fight because I don't see Show. Well, Showtime would want to be in the business of Canelo. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Fox. Same thing with ESPN. Yeah. So I can see. I think the zone is going to want to bring him back. I think Eddie Hearn's going to negotiate that. Oh, for sure. Eddie Hearn was like, oh, no, I want him back now. Can I get you back now? <laughs> Are you done playing across the street? Because I don't think he got. I don't think he got anything in that fight. At Showtime, yeah. For what? They don't want to deal with him. Exactly. They don't. <laughs> no, Eddie um, Eddie Hearn. Showtime does not want to deal with Eddie Hearn because apparently Eddie Hearn was supposed to bring Joshua to Showtime to set up the Dylan, to set up the uh, Deontay Wilder Joshua fight. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, he's patting at Steven Espinosa in the back. And on the other, on his other hand, he's signing the contract with the zone. And then announced, hey, I'm your new competitor. I'm going to try to take you out of business. But at the same time, I was patting you in the back, making you think I was going to fucking sign my guy to your show. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. I'm going to go across the street. It just reminds me of a couple years ago when Eddie Hearn had his two fighters on Showtime, but on YouTube. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I remember that. So I just remember now, like, oh, that's right. They're not really good terms. So, yes. No. <laughs> They're not. They're not. So I think, you know, they made it very known. Like, nope. Exactly. Not that limey bastard. <laughs> Not him. Not him. Uh, all right. You ready? Yes. All right. Main event time. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday night in the Michelob Ultra Arena, which I think is the Thomas and Mack Center. I believe so, right? Oh, it used to be called the Thomas and Mack Center. I'm thinking that. The WBO top-ranked champion Terrence Bud Crawford and former undisputed 140-pound champion Terrence Bud Crawford defends his belt against former two-time welterweight champion in the world, Showtime, Sean Porter. Ladies and gentlemen, cue up the music. These are our predictions. What's your prediction for the fight? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. Yeah. 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 Hey, woman. <laughs> Want to be with a real man? <laughs> I love Mr. T, man. Mr. T's the best. Clever Lang, he's one of the best characters. I am cut. I am literally battling with myself on who to pick for. Oh, this me too. Game. Me too, dude. I'm on the same boat. They, I am looking forward to this fight. Um, I'm pretty excited for this one. I'm more Fuck. excited for this fight than Canelo Cato Plant. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, I'm going to do the quick backstory before we go into your side. Real quick, ladies and gentlemen, Terrence Brett Crawford, goal is on top rank ESPN. Yeah. Showtime Sean Porter is on the other cro- on the other side of the street on the PBC's Premier Boxing Championship. I repeat, <laughs> Terrence Bud Crawford didn't choose Sean Porter as his first of uh, his first option. No, he can't say that. Crawford and Top Rank were forced into negotiating with Sean Porter or vacate the belt. So before anybody comes out here and says he's he's daring to be great, no, he's forced 
to be daring to be great. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. So be ready. Yeah. Mike is yours. Give us your predictions. What are your thoughts for this it's, Saturday night's fight? It's to me a very toss-up, guys, because we I think we've talked about a little bit as we're leading up to the fight that Porter really brings a whole lot, you know, when it when it comes to these fights, right? Meaning that no matter what, no matter fucking what, win, lose, or draw, man, you're in for a fight with Sean Porter. And months, right? Months ago. We talked about how, like, okay, especially when there were talks that it might happen. I think you kind of thought it might not happen. Crawford might vacate. And I said, no, this fight needs to happen because that is a fight that I know for sure it's going to be fucking good. And we're going to see Crawford in a position that probably we'll ne- we, we haven't seen in maybe a long time. Maybe never, ever. So finally it's going to happen. Porter, again, brings a whole lot to, to the fights here. He makes you earn the victory. Or worse, you're in for a long fucking night of a beating. Yeah. So that's what excites me about this. You you said it best, man. Crawford had these, like, fucking diets <laughs> of Jeff Horn, right? And Mean Machine, Amir Khan. Now he's having a legit welterweight, you know, a former world champion of Sean Porter. So... It, to choose the, the winner, really, it's not very easy because two things can happen. There's only two things for me that could happen. Um, one, for, for sure, I don't see a knockout. I don't see Crawford knocking on Porter because no one has put down Porter. The last time I picked for Porter to lose by knockout was against Errol Spence. No, the last time Porter went down was on a left hook by your boy Adrian Broner. No, no, no. no I meant like the last time I picked. Oh, I, I picked, okay. Yeah, yeah. Bye, 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 bye. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, the last time I picked that I thought he was going to lose by knockout was Errol Spence. Boy, was I wrong. Spence was not even... He, I mean, he put him down, but yeah, he, he, he but he wasn't able to put him out. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, right against Adrian Broner. Fuck that guy. Anyways. <laughs> but... So I don't see a knockout here, really, especially for for Crawford. I don't think he will do it. If he does it, I swear more power to him. But I'm not confident for that. Two ways of happening. Sean Porter is just going to overwhelm Terrence Crawford. And the whole and and to me, Porter might win by by points here by by unanimous decision here, or split decision. That could probably happen. I go. You got the upset. Huh? You got the upset. You got Porter uh, win? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Not my final saying yet. Not oh, my final oh, saying yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not my final saying. Yet. Okay, I, well. I will let you know what my final saying. Right. <laughs> so I'm just saying two ways, right? So the but might be we might see a big upset with Porter because again we've never seen Crawford in a tough, tough situation, and I think Porter's gonna be the best guy to do that so far right now. So the possibility that Porter might pull the upset. The other one is Crawford suffering. Pretty much similar fate as the other opponents that you know Porter has had, where yeah, you you won you got you got the win, you got the you know victory. You meaning actually you got the decision win, but you left you left the ring with like that motherfucker put me on a good fucking fight, and he probably didn't even look that amazing, but he got the job done. Those are two ways I think it's gonna happen. My pick. My pick on this, and I guess, you know what? Oh, my God. I think I'm going to go with 
Crawford barely escaping this fight. Split decision win. Damn. I think he he leaves, yeah. Well, he looks spectacular, right? Am I going to hear like, oh, he did better than Spence? Honestly, that's, that's going to be very hard to say because that's the question that I asked myself to the point where like I can't even answer it here on the show. I don't know how he's going to act. I don't know how he's going to react, I should say, to it. I don't know how he's going to be like when he ha- when he has this constant pressure. I really don't know. I'm very curious about this. But I'm going to stick with Crawford barely escaping this this fight with a split decision win against uh, against Sean Porter. Wow. That's uh... but uh, To me, this fight's kind of like, you know what? Anything can kind of happen, man. This is to me. This is kind of unique. I I don't know if that's the word to use the best word to use. Unique. It, it's a unique, it's, interesting. It's a unique fight because of their styles. They clash. Mm-hmm. I know Crawford's a very good technical fighter who can switch softball right. to orthodox, and Sean Porter's just this overwhelming fighter who just just comes at you mm-hmm. and weird angles can rough you up in the inside, can make you uncomfortable in the outside. He's, it's a tough it's a tough fight. Yeah. I, I, I can see where you get the split decision. Mm-hmm. All right, so let me go to mine. So I've had time to think about it. I've watched through tape, and I want to point this out. In 2014, the the last time I remember Terrence Crawford ever being in trouble, not in trouble, but ever losing consecutive rounds, was against a fighter named Yuri Yorkis Gamboa, who was moving up to 135 pounds. Yeah. That was the last time. Sean Porter lost maybe what three rounds against the guy consecutively, um, but then of course you know uh, Terence Crawford was able to make the proper adjustments and figure out the uh, the cyclone of Guantanamo. Mm-hmm. Since then, he has gone to face Ray Beltron, Thomas Alorme, Dieri John, Hen- uh, Henry Henry I'm sorry, the Victor Postal, John Molina Jr., Felix Diaz. Julius Ndongo, Jeff Horn, Joseph Benavides Jr., Amir Khan, Mean Machine, and Kel Brook. That has been his diet since 2014, since the last time he has fought against a fighter who who caused problems to him and made him lose rounds and almost made him look vulnerable for a moment. For a moment, yeah. And the last time he's had to make the adjustments in the fight to then get back into the fight. Because mm-hmm. he was, you could tell that Gamboa started to get the rhythm going. Crawford was able to make the adjustments. Again, I wanted to point that out because that's going to be kind of my tale of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, he's going against Sean Porter. Sean Porter's diet. Pretty interesting diet. <laughs> since 2013, Sean Porter fought Devin Alexander, Paulie Manaji, Kel Brook at his prime. Mm, yeah. Eric Boney, Eric Boney, Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner off the Maidana loss. And after a two-fight win streak. Then he got on to fight Keith Thurman, Andre Berto, Adrian Granados, Danny Garcia, Yardinus Ugas. Yes, the guy that beat Manny Pacquiao. Yep. Earl Spence, Sebastian Formella, and now he's going to fight Terrence Bud Crawford. Now, a couple names pop up here as basically killers of the division. Earl Spence, Earl Spence. Ugas, Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman. That has been his diet since 2013. Sean Porter... Has lost three times to Earl Spence, Keith Thurman, and Kell Brook. Three great fighters. Well, Kell Brook is actually not a great fighter, but Kell Brook at that moment. At was. the moment, yes. I guess I'm trying to say that. 
B Ray is right mm-hmm. that Sean Porter is a type of fighter that can either make your life can either overwhelm you and beat you up for twelve rounds, mm-hmm. or make it the toughest fight of your career. Of your career, of you your earn the you life. earn the wins from him. Yeah, Keith Thurman can be a witness to that. Keith Thurman had to earn that win. By the way, Thurman really begged the differ when he said that he had an easier fight with him than Errol Spence. I laugh at that. Danny Garcia had a tough night with him. Lost. He did. Errol Spence was supposed to be, you know, Errol Spence at that moment was riding high from beating up uh, Lamont Peterson, beating up uh, Mike, Mikey, Mikey, beating up Kel Brook, was coming into this fight as basically like the toughest puncher in the division. Even Errol Spence struggled with him. Errol Spence struggled. Errol Spence had to scratch and claw to get that win. Mm-hmm. Is Terrence Crawford special? Is he special enough to avoid the rough and tough fights that guys like Sean, that uh, the guys like Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, Kell Brook, and Errol Spence did? Is he special enough? Or is Crawford in the same level as everyone else? And all we've been seeing him is being spoon-fed these fighters. Like I said, Crawford's been on a top-ranked diet for the last couple of day, couple of years. Yeah, Sean Porter is good. Is he great? In a good night, he is. And in a bad night, he's not. But even in a bad night, he doesn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. It's a tough fight. Um, Crawford likes to use distance. He likes to measure his fighter with his jab. He likes to box. He can also he can also punch it out. Sean Porter would have to be in tip top shape, which he always is. I don't think always, he, he, yeah. you can never say that Sean Porter is never in good shape. Is Crawford though? Crawford hasn't gone the distance in a minute. Crawford, shit, when was the last? Yeah, Crawford has never had to make the proper adjustments against a caliber fighter of Sean Porter. The last time he did was in 2014. When he fought when he fought um, Gamboa, remember that was seven years ago. Thank you. Seven years ago was the last time he had to sit there and say, "This plan isn't working, Bomac. What we got?" And made the proper adjustments. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People will sit here and say, "Well, against Mean Machine, he did." No, against Mean Machine, he had to take a fight seriously. <laughs> I saw that fight. He walked in there going, "I'm just gonna fuck him up." Another paycheck, right? Another, Another paycheck. paycheck, and then he fought a guy that looked that didn't want to lose, and goes, "Oh, we're oh, you're you're really trying to win this fight? Oh, you want to? Okay, let's fight, let's fight." I saw that fight. I I, yeah. I literally saw. Sorry, I literally saw that fight and saw Terrence Crawford was just going in there. You know, I'm gonna box, and I'm I'm gonna push you around a little bit. You know, touch you up. You're gonna fall because I'm the great Terrence Crawford. And Mean Machine was more like, you know, I don't fear you. I'm gonna go in there, and he he did what he did. He did what he did, yeah. And Crawford was like. Oh, oh! You really think you could win? You, you, you really just embarrassed me in front of these people. Oh, okay, well, I'm gonna now bust you up, and then that's when Terrence turned into Bud. Yeah, that's not an adjustment. That was just him having to wake up and realize that he had to now, perf- now he had to be Bud Crawford. Yeah, this whole Terrence Crawford persona had to go away. You had to become Bud. But when you've been doing, but when you've been having a nice top ranked diet. Can you do it against Sean Porter? That's the question. I want to say he's in. I want to say he's in a struggle in this fight. I don't see him. I can't see Bud Crawford keeping the distance 
on Sean Porter for too long. I think kind of what we're watching right here with Victor Posto. I don't, I don't like he see like, you, like you're watching the Victor Posto. Yeah. He's having Vic, Victor Posto is the lengthier fighter, but Victor Posto is having to fight his way in the he's fight. In the fight, <laughs> exactly. And Bud and Bud has all this all this range to mm-hmm. throw punches, and so can he do that against Sean, who can cut the ring, can be dirty, mm-hmm. can rough you up in the inside. Can bounce around and 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 offset your punches, and get you off your rhythm by just him moving around, jumping up mm-hmm. and down. Like he did that to Spence. He was just he was just able to offset Spence. That Spence wasn't able to literally, you know, get any range. Was yeah. He offset Spence. Even Spence even admitted it. You know, one moment you're fighting on the outside and you finally think you got him. He's already in the inside and he's fucking roughing you up. Mm-hmm. I think this fight's gonna be an ugly fight. I think, I think. You're gonna hear the. I think the ref is gonna be heavily involved in this fight. I think Bud Crawford is not a, is not about bullshit, but I think you're gonna see frustration in him when Sean is holding. Sean is pushing, trying to push him around. Sean is trying to, with one hand free, is punching him on the head, punching him on the side, and then you're gonna see Bud Crawford sometimes going underneath and picking him up, or you're gonna see a couple tackles. You're gonna see a couple moments where they're shoving each other, and the ref's telling him to calm the fuck down. That's the moments you're going to see in this fight. I think Bud doesn't have the temperament to be in a rough fight. There, I said mm-hmm. it. He doesn't have the temperament Shit. to be in a rough and tough fight. This is where your trainer comes in handy. This is where Bomac needs to sometimes sit him down and be like, hey, stick to the game plan. Stop trying to knock this kid out now. <laughs> because I think Sean Porter's... I think Don't Sean, fight his fight. <laughs> I think Sean Porter's... Sean Porter and Kenny Porter's uh, um, game plan, game plan uh-huh. is to drag this fucker into a rough fight. Drag him out yeah. into a rough... And tumble, mm-hmm. drag I mean, out, yeah. knockout fight. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. As much as Sean, uh, Terrence Crawford goes, I'm one of the biggest welterweights in the division. Sean Porter started his career at 168 pounds. 68. This guy fought Andre Ward. This guy fought Danny Jacobs and held his own mm-hmm. against the best fighters yeah. at that time. You, bud, can be sparring against like heavyweights. This guy was our amateur and even was a pro at super middleweight. There's a reason why guys like Keith Thurman and Earl Spence were not able to make a fucking dent on this guy. <laughs> this guy's this guy is a naturally bigger guy. He really is. He's a natural bigger he guy is. who who takes care of his body day in day out. He is. This is the thing. This is the thing. This is an exciting fight because both Crawford and Sean Porter are the the example of a professional fighter. When there's they're not fighting, they're still in peak condition, mm-hmm. waiting for the waiting for the fight to start. They're like Canelo. Canelo keeps himself ready at all times. Floyd kept himself ready all the time. You're never gonna catch Bud Crawford a photo with him in a fucking beer belly. There we go. I think you asked that a couple. Uh, I don't know, a couple days, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah, never gonna catch. No. You're never gonna catch Sean Porter outside with a beer belly or out of shape. Mm-hmm. Though these guys are in shape 24/7, seven days a week, 365. This fight is interesting. But I just think that Sean Porter's going to try to frustrate him. He's going to try to find him in the inside. Yeah. I think there are going to be moments where the ref is going to break him apart. I think there will be moments where the ref is um, threatening to disqualify or deduct the point. I think there are going to be point deductions. My mm-hmm. prediction. I know I've been suspenseful. Well, for a moment, I'm going to keep you more suspense. Like I said, Sean, Porter, <laughs> Sean Porter's thing is to keep this fight. Keep this fight. There's Sean Porter's ideal game plan is to make this fight into a boxing match, slugfest, on and off, always making Crawford think: Are we going to box? Are we going to fight? Mm-hmm. Make it rough and tough. 
when you cut the distance, make it tough. When you guys are in the center of the ring, make it hard for Terrence to get get set in his own rhythm. Get him off your rhythm. Use the mo- use those feet you got. Mm-hmm. You, he got he got great feet. He you, does have great feet. You can offset Terrence Crawford just right there alone. Cut the distance. Make Crawford afraid to want to fucking engage once in a while because he doesn't know if you're going to want to clinch him or nothing. It's going to be a rough and tough fight for Crawford. Is Crawford going to want to fight a southpaw? Is he going to fight orthodox? This is the moment that you're not going to see him switch. He's not going to be a switch hitter in this fight. He's wow. going to stick to one. If I think if he walks out of this fight as, a, as an orthodox fighter, he's going to stick to orthodox all night. He's not going to switch because you can't switch against a guy like him. Sean and Kenny have already prepared to fight a southpaw mm-hmm. and an orthodox fighter. And he's more dominant as a southpaw, but I think I think he I think they're aware that the porters are aware of that. So he's gonna come in as an orthodox fighter. Mm-hmm. And I think if he does switch, it's a desperation move that he needs to move that he 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 couldn't figure him out as an orthodox. Maybe I'll have a better job as a southpaw. And I think that might fall into Kenny and to Sean Porter's wheelhouse. Yeah. My prediction, this fight ends as a draw. Wow. I don't see neither guy getting the best of each other. I just don't see it. Like again, mm-hmm. I'm go I'm basing I'm basing it on both guys' resume. Like I just said, it's the last time that John Terrence Crawford had to make the adjustments to win a fight was in seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he's been on a rampage. He hasn't needed to. When you become complacent with the opponents you have, and you're starting to see that, you saw that with the mean machine. He became complacent. He became more of like he start. What happens to fighters like him? You start falling in love with what everyone is saying about you. Oh, you're the best fighter in the world. You're this. You're that. Yeah. He starts hanging his head, his hat on what everyone else thinks about him. The only thing that still drives him is the fact that no one's giving him credit uh, because he's not fighting Earl Spence because he's not fighting the PBC guys. That's the only thing that keeps him motivated. Yeah. So he's not fully in. He's not fully devoted with what everyone thinks about him. Until he fights a guy like Sean Porter, until he fights yeah. a guy like Earl Spence, mm-hmm. but he's starting to become complacent with himself on the opposition side. Sean Porter, fight after fight, has fought the best of the best in the division. Mm-hmm. He's used to it. How much is left in the tank? I think he has enough. He seems like a guy that takes care of his body. And as much as you want to, as much as we both said that Sean Porter's in these rough and tough fights, mm-hmm. name a fight that he's actually took a punishment in. Oh, who uh... Sean. Name a fight he's actually took punishment in. No. Name me one. I can't think of one. Name one fight where he's actually taken a clean, heavy shot to the chin. Maybe a handful of times you can think of it. I know Danny caught him a couple times. I know mm-hmm. um, Keith caught him a couple times, but like consecutively caught punches. No. It's usually a rough and tough fight. Just, exactly. You know, if, if Crawford is able to pull this fight off and make it a dominant fight, Hands down. Hands down. Yes. He's done. More power to him. More power to him. And I think the fight with Earl Spence gets more interesting because you were able to do what he wasn't able to do. Yeah. But we'll see. But I doubt it. I don't see it. I doubt it. I don't see him. I don't. He's good. Don't Right. Keeping the distance, keeping in range. I don't see Crawford doing very much with Crawford. Look what happened. I'm sorry, Crawford doing that with Porter. And and, and I I was thinking about the Gamboa fight. Even Gamboa was quick to the trigger and was right in his face and threw combinations and was offsetting him. Sean is quick on his feet. He's just not fast-handed. Mm-hmm. And look at him. Crawford likes to fight mid-range. Like we're watching the postal fight. And mm-hmm. the postal fight is the same fight as every other fight. Crawford fighting mid-range. Mm-hmm. Crawford fearing out his opponent. Crawford setting traps. Crawford putting the feints to see how he reacts. Crawford likes fighting mid-range. 
Crawford has never had to be put in a fight where he's had to fight close quarters. Yeah. Where he's been dragged into a fight. Name the last time Crawford's been dragged into a fight. Can't think of one. Name the last time Sean's been dragged into a fight. Thank you. I think I saw. <laughs> so because of that, and because these guys are both good, I don't see one. I don't see one or the other getting the better of each other. It's going to be a rough fight to score. I can actually see this fight going to draw. That's a good one too. This I'll fight say. goes to draw. Mm-hmm. I was going to go with disqualification, but, but I don't think Vegas is going to want to afford to do this qualification. Oh no, no. Unless no, no, no. it gets real serious and you see Crawford throwing elbows and Sean <laughs> tackling him, give him a DDT. Like if this becomes an <laughs> MMA fight. It's an MMA fight, dude. Like, if it becomes an MMA fight, then yeah. I can see the ref going, you know what? It's over. Fuck it. I'm yeah. done with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also, <laughs> I, I, it also depends on the ref, the ref's um, temperament. Yeah, very true. But I got Terrence, I got Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter to a draw. I can see one judge having a 114, 112, 115, 113, and then 114, 114. 114. I can see those scorecards happening. Mm-hmm. I just don't see neither guy getting the best of each other. I just don't see it. I just don't see it, and that's because of Terrence Bud Crawford's diet. You know, you you're asking Terrence Crawford to step up his level of opposition mm-hmm. in this fight. We like again, his last fight was Mean Machine. Yeah. No offense to him, is that prior to that it was Amir Khan. No, Kel Brook. Prior to Kel Brook, it was Amir Khan, right? Before Kel Brook. Um, I'm no, at, I think it was Mean Machine. I think it was Mean Machine, then Kel Brook. I'd be me, wrong. No, so it's Kel Brook, Mean Machine, Amir Khan. Okay. Prior to that, it was David Benedita Jr., one-legged man. <laughs> look, look, this is since 2018. He fought David Joseph uh, Jose Benavides Jr., one-legged fighter. One-legged fighter. Coming right. off a layoff because he got shot on the leg. Yeah. Then he fought Amir Khan, Chinny Chin, Chin Khan. Then he fought Mean Machine, who everyone was like, Who? And we've since seen how he's done. Yeah, yep. Then he fought Kell Brook. Yes, the same Kell Brook that got beat down by Earl Spence. Yep. And hasn't looked the same. Mm-hmm. And that's going against Sean. You're telling me that this fighter, who's been able to eat these guys, eat this diet, is going to go in there and, sh- and impose his will against Sean Porter. It's kind of hard to believe. Where guys like Earl Spence were not able to do it. They were able to box him and steal the rounds. Mm-hmm. They were able to be more flashier than when he can. But not a flashy fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, again, Ugas, Spence, Danny, um, fucking uh, uh, Thurman. Mm-hmm. The who's who killers of the division at the time or yep. currently right now. Uh-huh, yep. What does that tell you? I got it a draw. I don't see neither guy getting the best of each other. Mm-hmm. I can see this being a tough fight. I can see this being a tough fight to score on anybody's scorecard. I would love for someone to sit down with me after the fight and, and explain to me why the way the scorecard was that. Yeah. And I think that's what's gonna happen. It's gonna be a, a tough fight to call. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. I just don't see Crawford make I don't see Crawford making the adjustments. I just don't see it. He hasn't had to. Why mm-hmm. are you gonna do it now? And then with Sean, like Sean is just a guy that just too tough and and Sean's style is too hard to score. Yeah. That's that's Sean's problem. Sean is good. Just, it's too hard to score a Sean Porter fight because sometimes Sean can just like do you score him just because he was roughing up a guy like just fucking ragdolling him mm-hmm. or do you count it because you know Crawford was able to keep him like this that's going to be the tale of the fight when Crawford is able to give him mid-range mm-hmm. and all, all and all they, these guys are doing is just posing each other for three minutes yeah oh you know what I could give that fight to Crawford because Crawford dictated the, dictated the pace mm-hmm. but the next round Sean could be fucking ragdolling him fighting in the inside 
and that could have been the first two minutes of the fight, and then that's the last minute was Crawford just trying to keep him keep keep him off with the jab. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. give the fight to Sean because Sean yeah. actually imposed his own will mm-hmm. on the fighter. So do you see where the fight's gonna go? It's Crawford fighting mid range, Sean fighting close range, and both and judges not knowing how to score which fight because it's gonna be an ugly fight where mm-hmm. neither guy's gonna land cleanly. I don't know about you, but I'm, I can't. I don't. I, I'll say this: I don't envy the judges for sure. I think they're gonna have a, a hard time judging it, so I don't envy them for sure. No, because w- whatever decision goes, they're gonna say they're incompetent. <laughs> whatever decision goes, you're gonna say they're incompetent. Yeah. I just think it's a tough fight. I think Sean's a different, a different type of fight that he's been used to fighting. He's not used to fighting guys that know. No, he's not. Sean's not used to fighting mid range. He can cut the. He can cut the distance. Mm-hmm. He can make it uncomfortable for you, you know. And Crawford's used to fighting this type of fight. Like he's fighting the postal fight the same way he fought Benavides, the same way he fought Sean Porter, the same. I mean, um, Amir Khan, Kel Brook, Mean Machine. It's the exact same fight. Yep. Exact same fight. Sean has fought different style fighters. Like you get where the diet's at. Yeah. So I got to draw. I mean, and, and whatever you guys decide, let me know. No, Hit of us course. up. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's what that's what we got. Any last words? Uh, you no, know, we're we I think we're in for a great fucking fight. We're in for a great fight this Saturday. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, we're in for a great fight. We were good. So I was gonna let you guys know we were planning to do a fight talk, but yeah. a lot of stuff have come up lately for us, and in in the next couple of weeks we got a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah. On our personal side of our family, personal side, um, outside the podcast, a lot of stuff has come up. So we were gonna do an Instagram live fight talk where you know we were gonna have a guest and we were gonna sit mm-hmm. down and watch a fight. But some stuff, some stuff has come along here in our house yeah. that we have to deal with, and mm-hmm. we apologize for that. But as soon, most likely in twenty twenty two, we will be introducing Fight Talk once again. So don't freak it, don't uh, yeah, don't put your head down. We'll bring nah, it back. No, no, we'll 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 definitely bring we'll it bring back. eventually bring it back. Eventually bring it back. Um, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, um, I usually end the show by shouting out B Ray eighty nine Instagram page. Yeah. Um, if I doubt the fans have gotten. Um, DMs, but too. if you guys have had, if or if you guys interact with B Ray currently right now as this episode is going, B Ray got hacked on his Instagram mm-hmm. account. So there's some part, somebody right now selling you Bitcoin. It's not B Ray. Yeah. So I would say just you know report it and just block me because you you know it's pretty much gone. So yeah, if if you do, just completely ignore ignore it, report it, block it, block me. That's it. You know. Um, the only platform, you know, hey, if you guys want to hit me up, uh, I do have Snapchat, uh, B-Ray8926, you know, you guys can hit me up there. Of course, I'm on the boxing podcast as well, so I do manage, you know, sometimes of that page, so you guys can hit you know, hit us up, you know, hell, you can, it, it don't matter if, you know, you guys, if you, if you want to hit up either Jay, Mr. Jay over here or me or regardless who, but we'll both uh, answer either way. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure we answer him. No, exactly. So, uh, I, I'll just say this, you know, I, you know, feel violated, but you know what? Um, like I was telling Mr. Jay here and you know, my lady, you know, it just could have been worse. So, um, I just got to say that, uh, you know, I just got to say again, uh, thanks for listening to us and, and supporting us. And exactly kind of weird. You always shout me up at this time right now, guys. So, I mean, uh, yeah, um, I'm out of the social media. Um, again, if you guys hit me up on Snapchat, go ahead. Or the J&B Boxing or Podcast the on Instagram. Or Boxing Podcast, you know. So, yeah. But the good news is, hey, man, we're still in business with this podcast. There you go. And 
I love doing this shit. There you go. If you guys want to support us, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It helps with the visibility of the show. And if you want to be a super fan and so, super support us, because we, we have like, we got the regulars, and we got the super champs, <laughs> yeah, and we got the super, super champs. If you want to be a super supporter, go to our go to the J.M. Beery Boxing page, click the link in the bio, go to the Rambling Network store. We got sweaters, we got hoodies, we got t-shirts, new merch is out. Go check it out right now. While it's available, it's getting cold out there. Mm, yep. You need you need some gym, you need some gym attire. Get a sweater. You wanna you wanna go in a sauna and you wanna sweat it out. And you know you don't wanna ruin your nice cashmere sweater. <laughs> Order yourself a fucking Jay and Barry boxing sweater. It's right there, available for you guys yep. to get. Yep. Again, if you wanna be a super supporter, you can support us that way because all the money that comes here goes into the show and updating updating the equipment. And like I said. As we update the equipment, so does the production. We can do fight talk now. Mm-hmm. We can do a lot of the stuff. That's what's usually helping out with this stuff. Yeah. And before I sign out, it's as part of the rambling alcoholics, but I'm gonna promote it here. Um, I um Whiskey J ventured with a nice company called Quality or Quantity Farms. And right now we have a new item called Nerd Rope Bites. It's a cannabis infused, it's 25 milligrams per five count. So you're looking at 125 milligrams mm-hmm. of nice, delicious edibles. We still have a couple left. And if you DM me on the Jamboree boxing page or the Rambling Network page, I will send you the details of how to get this delicious edible that me and Brian are going to have on Thanksgiving Day. Yes. <laughs> so that's the last plug. I know you guys are like, what the fuck is this an infomercial commercial? <laughs> Other than that, folks, enjoy this weekend's fights. Drink responsibly, because I won't. Yeah, he won't. Don't forget to tune in to the uh, Ramnuckaholics podcast. New episode comes out this Saturday. They're back. We're back. And next week, don't forget to tune in to Geek In, Geek Out, Black Friday edition, season four. Let's all go to the lobby. Mm-hmm. Yep. And other than that, don't forget to follow Fever on the Pitch Soccer podcast, Cleaning the Table with Miss Kitty, which she'll be back. She's going through some stuff right now. Yes. But other than that, guys, thank you for thank listening. You. Thank you for supporting. Enjoy yourselves. Haters, everyone. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. This is all I got. This is all I got.